All right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brother Sportscast. Real talk, real fans. We bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb, and with me as always is Craig. And we are back kind of into the swing of things that are kind of the normal for most of the year. We're going to be bringing you at least one episode a week. We're not uh, probably going to be having as much as we saturated during the regular season because uh, we were up to three episodes a week at one point. But now that the uh, regular weekly games are done, uh, we have the little bit of pause between the end of the regular season and bowl season. Uh, so we are bringing you here probably just one episode this week, but we'll see how it goes. If something might be happens. a good thing, because you kind of you sound like little Pika, dude. Yeah, I'm. So, I'm you, you're, you look, you sound a little rough. I, I am. A little been working a lot, so he's been a little rough. So yeah, I I don't complain about my job at all. I mean, it's very rare that I have to work as many hours as I have recently. Uh, it's just um, I just find it unfortunate that falls during the football season. Thankfully, it falls during this time when it's kind of in between things. I mean, it was during championship weekend, but I was working on the weekend. I was at work at five o'clock or five thirty in the morning and things like that. So we normally would release episodes on Monday, but now we're going to be putting things out here on. Uh, we were going to record Monday night and put it out on Tuesday, but then I was just so exhausted from work on Monday, we decided to push back. So this week it's on Wednesday. We'll come up with another schedule to let you guys know regularly when to anticipate things, but it's going to be kind of a limbo until uh, after bowl season because after the games are done is when when we really make a regular schedule that we run by. So yeah, you, you guys can look forward to that, um, that information coming out, but until then, we'll just notify on social media and Facebook, the Blue Network, everything Michigan football. Check it out. We'll keep information up to date on there when episodes should be coming out and, of course, on Twitter. So, um, yeah, so we're jumping into things. Uh, it's been busy. It's good to yeah, get into it. Yeah, it's a busy time. We got, you know, things were a lot of things in the we need to touch on, obviously, today. And, you know, obviously, we'll talk about the bowl game coming up soon, uh, December 29th and we'll talk about that and leading up to that. And then, yeah. So yeah, we we'll cover a lot of things to touch on. Yeah. We'll cover a lot of different topics. Uh, this isn't really, uh, I mean, we haven't done a review of the big 10, uh, championship game. We'll talk about it. Um, but because, uh, so much is going on, and we're doing just one episode this week. We're going to pile some other things on there, so multiple subjects. But before we get into uh, Big Ten and specifically the Michigan football talk, uh, something else with football, but I just I, I like finding these stories, and probably people have heard this, but I'm just going to share it anyways. But I like finding those funny sports stories that maybe aren't the uh, headline news I imagine probably tomorrow by the time we release this, everybody will have heard of it because I'm sure that uh, ESPN and other people are probably going to jump on this and talk about it more. But I just saw it because somebody shared it. Um, So I don't know if you've heard about this, Craig, but the uh, Temple coach is now being (laughs) the coach at Baylor. We're going to go there. I saw You saw this coming? I'm already laughing. It's the funniest thing I've seen in a long time, dude. 
Yeah, my my heart goes out to this guy. I mean, I feel bad. Like uh, we, Craig and I get hate. I mean, like uh, oh, yeah. any, any Michigan fan on Twitter probably gets hate at some point. In well, time. you're right. And then the thing is, and quickly is the more followers you get, and obviously we're growing really rapidly. You and I, and the show is, and we're really incredibly grateful to our fan base, and it's growing. We're just excited for it. But once it grows, you get a lot of people. You know, a lot more hate a lot more trolls a lot more things happening that way so but yeah but yeah but this guy here kind of became a instant sensation because if you didn't hear about it, i think it was today i i don't even know yeah. if it maybe came out last night but baylor did find its new head coach they took uh matt rule who was the head coach at um temple and so he's going to be going to Baylor, which good luck to anybody who's going to be taking over that job because I, I was talking with Brandon, uh, a mutual friend of Craig and I's, and uh, we were talking about the Baylor job and the Purdue job, and we were talking about how it's crazy because normally Baylor, at least of recent years, is so looked up to and everything, and if somebody got the Baylor job, people would be like, oh, my gosh, this is an amazing opportunity. But now we were almost even saying that both of them are kind of Tainted, yeah. Yeah, they're tainted. I mean, Purdue's never really been a great success. I mean, they've had their years, but Purdue, you're not going to find a lot of instant success. I mean, it's very rare. Maybe it could happen for somebody, but you're not really, uh, if you are a great coach that has great opportunity at going many different places, it's not a place you want to go to because it could cause a stumbling block in your career. And right now, that's kind of what Baylor looks like. Because you could have a great opportunity, but it could re- turn really bad for you. A lot of talent there, and Temple, obviously, the coach there that used to be there, had a great, had a couple of really good seasons. So the losing a really good coach for a place that's actually known for basketball. So, yeah, for sure. So, so this guy, uh, the new coach is Matt Rule, but people went to social media quickly, and popular, of course, is Twitter. And I don't know how you wouldn't – well, of course, I don't do this, so I don't know the thought process behind it. But people just searched for Matt Rule, and I don't even know if that coach has Twitter, but they found a Matt Rule on Twitter, and they started attacking him. People were <laughs> First of all, people were asking him why he was leaving, and then some people were saying congratulations. But then, of course, you have some people um, – Boy, F-bombs and – Oh, yeah. <laughs> Swearing at him. F the F that, F the F this, F the F you, and you sell out, mother. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. So the, yeah. and then this guy, so this guy takes a screenshot of some some stuff, and then he tweets out, "I am a high school student. I am not a football coach." <laughs> the funniest thing I've ever seen all day, man. I was laughing so hard. I had to tell the people in my office and man, we were laughing so hard at that. That poor kid is like one minute. He probably has like five followers. And the next minute his his Twitter's accounts like inundated with like thousands of tweets <laughs> in, one I, I night, in one day in one like hour or two. So. Yeah, this is kind of one of those things where I want to, I almost want to interview the guy, like get him oh. on the phone and just yes, be like, dude. Out there, we might have to do that. We might have to send him an instant message and say, look, we'd like to have you on the show. That'd be great. We'd love to talk to you about what you went through. Maybe some be- behind the scenes 
but man, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, that that just I, I could not imagine being in that situation. It that would just I mean, because you would just go on Twitter and boom, I can't even imagine how many notifications he had. Well, everybody followed it by, dude. I'm I'm so sorry you're going through this, but this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all immediately followed by people laughing. So yeah, it's man, yeah, Twitter can be cruel, man. Sure can. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, oh man, that's that's gonna be kind of funny to follow up on and see where that goes. So, just wanted to, sh- you know, when those stories come out, like sharing those and everything. So, a little, a little bit about football, but we'll get into the real uh, talk about Big Ten football, Michigan football, things like that with bowl season coming up. So, uh, just hang with us, and we'll get into that talk here coming up. Well, we have uh, okay. So we got multiple topics here, Craig, and we actually, yeah. to be honest, I usually have a page of notes uh, with things here. Um, I have pages open and different things like that, but usually I have some typed up on all this other thing on organizing things. But I feel like this is just going to be somewhere we're going to jump in, yeah, uh, and just go guns a blazing. So I guess the question is going to be where do we want to start? Because I think we're going to talk cover um the big 10 title well actually i have some place that we can start but we'll be talking about big 10 title game we'll be talking about peppers but first i almost forgot about this we have breaking news and it's not so breaking news because i'm sure everybody has heard about it already because it's all over twitter it's all over facebook and everywhere else but for those of you who may be a few hours behind things, uh, Shane Morris has declared that he's going to be looking for a grad transfer. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, that's I mean, good for him. I mean, the kid was, he, he went through a lot of media, you know, got, it wasn't his own fault. You know, obviously it was like this storm of, you know, Brady Hoke was, about to get fired he wasn't really the best coach for michigan wasn't developing players Shane <coughs> morris just happened to be there at that time and just i think maybe shane morris probably would have done a little bit better at a you know maybe a max school or something like that you know and at miami of ohio or something similar to that but uh you know you never flourished at Michigan like we thought he would. He went from a five-star and then dropped to a four, but then he just never, obviously, had his first full game against uh, Kansas State in, in that, um, I forgot what bowl game it was, but um, they they lost. But um, Was it the Buffalo Wild Wings? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you're right. And Wait, you know, well, I, or wait, was that was that the one that they just, I don't know, I can't remember. It was bad. Yeah. You want to block it out yeah. of your memory. It was a bad game. He, he looked okay. He has a really great arm. He just his accuracy is a little off. But the kid's a great kid because he wanted to come back and get the Michigan degree. And and you know you got to give your hats off to Jim Harbaugh to give him that you know red shirt medical uh, for him to be able to do that. And you know and that Michigan uh, diploma is going to be one of the the best in the country. So good luck to him. And I hope he finds something. I hope he able to at least play somewhere. Oh, uh, maybe a backup or even start somewhere. But uh, what a great kid! I mean, he got he, he took all the 
punches from rivals and he took all the punches from a lot of people and he stood tall and cheered his uh, wasn't bitter at all about anything and i just i thought he was a class act yeah he was great we were people were excited about him it, i did confirm as the buffalo wild wings bowl back okay. in 2013 but um yeah he uh, seemed like a great player. He got in a little bit this year, did a few, a uh, couple little things here or there. Uh, I can't remember how many games exactly it was offhand, but it was kind of anticipated. People thought it might happen earlier, but uh, he did stick around and he did get his Michigan degree. Um, so who knows where he'll wind up. I think he could still, uh, I don't know, maybe at this point, but I think that he could have still had success in Division One, but maybe a smaller school. Mm-hmm. So we'll kind of see how things go with him, but best of luck to him. So just for those of you who didn't see that, make a little announcement about that. So we actually, I guess we have three things to talk about. I mentioned a couple of things before. So we have the Big Ten title game, which we can talk about. We have Jabril Peppers being Heisman finals to talk about, but then also the announcement of Michigan's bowl game. So, yeah. uh, Craig, go ahead and pick one, and we'll talk about it, and then we'll move on to another one after that. Well, let's, you know, I think we can, let's transition, well, into just talk, let's talk about players. We went from Shane Morris transferring, and then we go to, let's go right into uh, Jabril Peppers and um, him being a Heisman finalist. I mean, what a big accomplishment. I don't think we've had a a Michigan Heisman finalist since, what, uh, Woodson or, I think that's the last one we've had um, for um, Desmond Howard, but um, I'm not sure. But, um, but yeah, uh, he's a finalist, and uh, wow, we're really excited at Michigan fan base. But uh, like like anything, you know, he's got the big M on him, and he's going to get attacks, and he's been attacked pretty much all year. And uh, let's say – they think he's overrated, good player, a great player, but not Heisman worthy. And he's been then hit with slings and arrows and just like Shane Morris, but he's been really getting it as being overrated player. And obviously Michigan fans know better. And, you know, we have stats and we have a lot of things to talk about with him. So, yeah, I'm, I was trying to find, oh, nope. I'm trying to find something about finalists. Cause yeah, I can't remember the, um, with, uh, finalists, for Michigan and everything. So, yeah, great accomplishment for him. I mean, he's been talked about. Uh, not a ton of talk was at the beginning of the year, but it kind of picked up steam through things. So um, we'll be on the subject here for a little bit. But uh, definitely a big congratulations to him. Uh, he was a great player on Michigan, explosive. I mean, he did things offensively and defensively. So, But uh, yeah. definitely uh, agreeing with you that he got uh, – a lot of hate from some people. I mean, to be expected from rivals, you're going to, I mean, you always got to expect that, but it was interesting to see from some others. I can, um, I mean, there's some of that general stuff that you'll see. I mean, I know there'll be years where I kind of get frustrated where you see one player that they just talk about all the time and kind of like, dude, what is the deal? Uh, I could definitely see how people saw Jabril Peppers as that this year, uh, a little bit into the season. He was highlighted quite a bit. I mean, but that's just that just naturally happens. But um, I <clears throat> I will have to say something, and it might be 
I might. I'll get some heat from it. I'm sure. Um, it'll be controversial, maybe, and it's not going to be with popular opinion in the circles that we run. But I will have to say, uh, I totally think he deserves to be a finalist. But I don't think he's going to win the Heisman. It's not even so much that I don't think he's going to win. I and I, and this is like I'm saying in the best way possible. Not saying that he's not a great player and everything. I don't, in my opinion, in what and just the other candidates and everything. And I'm not saying who I. Because I have not watched them as closely, but from what I have seen and everything, and this, this, I mean, obviously, if I was a voter, I would know this a lot better. But I don't think he's at the same level to be deserving of the Heisman this year. He right. he was on his way there. He was he was on his way there. Um, I I can't remember when it happened, but there was kind of like a game or two where I just felt like there was a a change like his uh his projection was going really great it's like if he keeps on pace if he has one more explosive game and then just keeps on pace he'll be there and he will be serious consideration and he might be able to get it but there was a game and it just it 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 faded it uh kind of died out a little bit or just uh plateaued and right. so not saying that he became worse or anything, but just his his Heisman race uh, kind of, like I said, plateaued there. And I, I would love to be able to tell you exactly where it was, and I can't remember what game or anything like that. But at some certain point towards the end of the season, that's why I just felt. And it's just like I remember those years of other Heisman candidates, and none of them are really coming to mind all that great for a perfect example. But you right. just see that explosive play game in game out they have like one or two marquee games and they are just going at it all the time and peppers was playing his a game all the time but i just feel like for him to overcome stuff and to be uh right there to be one or two for the heisman that like it just needed to be able to have a, a little bit more pizzazz than some of the other guys but par- maybe partially because he is playing both sides of the ball but that's just kind of my brief uh impression no i see um, yeah it makes sense i mean it's definitely uh I, I don't expect him to win i mean would it be cool sure but you know but you, you know i'm i'm not particularly happy about this group of heisman uh finals anyway so i'm not Particularly, um, just looking at him saying, you know, this is a great group than in the past because right now there really isn't. I mean, you can, like I said, you know, you can literally find quite a few uh, chinks in all these guys' chains. You know, you got Lamar Jackson. More than likely, he's probably going to win this game, win this Heisman easily. But you know, you look at you know, you look at their look at their team and where they're ranked. They kind of puttered out at the end. You know, Lamar Jackson didn't have a very good uh, end of the season. You know, he kind of was okay. He scored most of their touchdowns, much like Denard Robinson did. You know, he was uh, kind of a human offensive machine. But you know, he threw you know turned the ball over a lot, and he also threw a lot of interceptions. So you know, he, you know, he'll more than likely will win it. But you know, I'm. I just think there are some, there might be players, 
that are better. Deshaun Watson from Clemson had a good year, but then there's games like you talked about with he just seems like, you know, he was <clears throat> not playing his A games. He's not really doing well against teams that he should be beating. And then and then the round out is you got uh, Baker Mayfield from Oklahoma. Well, heck, Baker Mayfield, obviously in the beginning of the season, was stinking it up, you know, laying an egg against Houston and didn't do very well at all against uh, Ohio State. And then obviously turned it on, did really well at the end. But uh, I'm just uh, – <clears throat> and then Jabril, yeah, he has his moments. Like you said, uh, a lot of the times it's his defense is really good. His tackling that a lot of people no- notice and thinks really well. I think he had like 67 tackles. But a lot of those, you know, some of those were for, for losses. So, uh, and some of the other defensive guys can't say that. But you know, he only had one interception. But like you said, he does do a lot of things. Where I think he's the only guy in this group in a long, long time that's actually had ten snaps at quarterback, at running back, at receiver, <laughs> and that's pretty amazing too. That you actually can use him in all those facets. But. Uh, yeah, this group's just nothing really jumping out at me. Um, but even though I think Lamar Jackson will probably end up winning it. Yeah, no, I, I agree too. It's not the most impressive group. I mean, I, they've done impressive things. I mean, these these guys are worthy to be there, in, in my right. opinion. I mean, they are there, so that is that is the popular opinion. I do feel like, I mean, he has had his rough games as well, but just seems like, Lamar Jackson may be the flashy, exciting, popular pick. Yeah. Um, so I could definitely see it going in his favor. But Jabril Peppers is still kind of in it. I mean, he really is because yeah. just like you've been saying, it. there's no one that stands out a ton. I mean, Lamar Jackson seems to be the popular one, but there's nothing that really says that it's his guaranteed. I mean, it seems odd that we have these teams. The only um, team that's in the playoffs is Clemson, and we have Deshaun Watson. And honestly, I mean, I don't have the numbers or anything, but I felt, or maybe it was just the talk, that with where people were talking about him at this point last year, he would have looked at more as more of a favorable winner last year than he is now. <laughs> right, yeah. So, but I mean, that's, that's my two cents. So it'll be interesting to see, but I'm glad that he uh, was rewarded for his hard work and is considered to be a finalist. Cause I do believe that, that, is, that he is worthy of that. As far as him uh, getting the Heisman and everything. I mean, I share my thoughts on that. So it, it'll, it really seems to be anybody's uh, chance though. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. It is interesting having the two players from Oklahoma. So I really, yeah, Westbrook, yeah. I mean, Westbrook, yeah. I could see, did really well, obviously, with Mayfield on their, on their center. But uh, Westbrook uh, put up some gaudy numbers at receiver. So, and, you know, the connection between those two is great. But, uh, um, uh, yeah, I mean, to see two Oklahoma players there is pretty interesting because the very fact is Oklahoma actually did really well towards the end, but really didn't in the beginning. So you almost kind of go, what happened? <laughs> I don't yeah. know if that connection between those two was very strong, but then it just picked up and did really great. So, um, but yeah, you're right. And then, you know, I think the thing is Lamar Jackson more than likely is going to win it because he has gaudy numbers. I mean, he does. He's, his numbers are just insane uh, as far as, uh, you know, 
what what he's done at Louisville and just as, as a sophomore and to the very fact that he's, he's going to come back probably next year is just crazy. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, he's just, he puts up big numbers, but you know, Louisville, like I said, just didn't seem to win very well at when they needed the most at the end, at the end of the ending stretch of when they should, and they didn't. So, yeah. And, uh, uh, before we kind of move on and everything, what I will say then, just with the interesting situation of having the two Oklahoma players, I anticipate that that might, I don't know, hurt them. Like, if there was one of them, I feel like they would stand a better chance. And I know I'm not the only person saying this, but people are commenting on how they might take each other's votes, um, the two Oklahoma players. So I have a feeling that the... Uh, other three players, Lamar Jackson, Jabril Peppers, and Deshaun Watson, are more likely to win it than Baker Mayfield and Dee Westbrook from Oklahoma. So we'll we'll see how that pans out, though. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but uh, we will move on because then I think probably the natural way to progress with things is to talk about the game that has already finished before we get to the game that has yet to be played. So we have the Big Ten title game um, that was finished between Penn State and Wisconsin. And so you had the final score of 38-31, to 31, uh, Penn State number seven taking down number six, Wisconsin Badgers. I am actually going to go ahead and let Craig kind of take this because I am not ashamed to admit I did not watch one second of this game. I was busy watching the Virginia Tech-Clemson game, which actually turned out to be a close one. And Virginia Tech almost could have done something with it, but they kind of lost steam there at the end, and I had my hopes up of seeing some kind of change in the top four. But So I didn't really watch this. I mean, I kept up with it and saw things as they progressed, and I've been here looking at stats, but I know you've watched some of it, Craig, so I'll let you uh, take over here. Boy, tale of two halves, man. This whole game—that's what it was. It was crazy. It's crazy to see two teams do completely opposite and literally switch roles in how how a game should be played. And it's it's kind of shocking to me. I think a lot of <laughs> I know a lot of Michigan fans and a lot of people I was with were just like, "What happened?" You know, he had first half was all. Wisconsin, Wisconsin was running the ball just at Penn State, and Penn State, you know, <laughs> here we go. We got Penn State's linebackers back, and they couldn't stop uh, Wisconsin, by the way. So what's that tell you? Um, so it didn't really matter. But Wisconsin was just running all over them, and they just could not stop them. And and um, I think uh, I don't think they had Hornybrook. I think they had the other guy. I forgot his name. Is yeah. Um, I, I saw that announcement come up. Yeah, it yeah. was uh, this Houston senior Houston. Yeah, they announced it right before the game. Played pretty well. Didn't throw the ball very much, but they ran the ball because Penn State couldn't stop them, and they just scored and did well. And defense was just stifling Penn State. And man, it was like I think twenty-eight to seven, and I literally went. I almost, <laughs> I'm kidding you, Caleb. I was real close to tweeting uh, something about Wisconsin, and I stopped myself, and I said, I'm going to wait because I knew, and, and, of course, on TV they did bring up that 
Penn State is actually fifth in the country, I think the top five in the country, at coming back in the second quarter or second half and winning. So I said, you know what, I'm going to hold that and wait. And I'll tell you what, man, they did. And I just could not believe what I was seeing. In fact, a lot of times I was saying the Wisconsin corners in the secondary going, you guys, the dude sorely is just throwing the ball up in the air and you guys aren't even remotely even looking at the ball and they're catching it. It it wasn't like he was like, you know, throwing balls right, you know, specific and very accurately. He was just bombing them and they, and his guys were catching it. And he's got, they got, he's got a really good receiver by the way. And I tell you, it was just crazy. It was constant corners could not stop sorely at all. And then that, that was the tail of the tape, man. It was just two halves. Penn State and Wisconsin just fell apart in the second half in this game. It was amazing to watch. It really was. Yeah, I think uh, some of the things I mentioned, if I'm recalling correctly, um, that I said if it got into a shootout that Penn State was going to win over Wisconsin. So basically if it was a high-scoring game, it would probably be Penn State winning. If it was a low-scoring game, it would probably be Wisconsin with their defense and right. being able to hold them. Uh, so it did kind of turn out that way. It was 38-31, to 31, so the high-scoring uh, offensive uh, – well, I wouldn't say high-scoring, but a lot of yardage, and uh, the yeah. hot second-half team Penn State was able to pull that out. Um, but, yeah, they, uh, they've they been doing that a lot, and uh, glad that you shared that about them being in the uh, second half and top five, and they just been pulling that off recently, and – it's been surprising. It'll be kind of interesting to see if uh, they carry that into their their bowl game and everything. I can't remember who they're matched up against, but um, I think it's USC. I'll have to look right. it up. But um, they, I'm surprised they got it done. Now, here, here's something. Do you, uh, you were talking about the passing game specifically. Do you feel like it was more that the quarterback McSorley was just that good the receivers were just that good or Wisconsin's secondary was just that bad what what do you think it really was attributed to um I think I'm gonna say the receivers were just that good to actually literally get up there and get the ball um I I I thought the balls were okay placed I didn't think they were placed very well not enough that the the corners can. So it's a combination of the receivers playing well and the corners just not watching the ball, and they were too busy watching the player at times. And then that's why, by the time they knew the ball would get there, it was too late. They already caught it. So it was just some bad, bad plays by corners. I mean, they just literally looked like they were lost, lost in the clouds, man. They just couldn't, you know. Looked like he knew that he could throw on them, and he did. So, but yeah, it was pretty interesting to see that Penn State's that kind of team that literally can come back in the second half and be one of the top teams in the country doing that. And they did, and they really pulled off because you know there was times where I said, "There's no way in the world they're going to be able to," because Wisconsin's defense all year round has been stifling. They've been stifling teams all year. They did it to us. They did it to Ohio State, um, and. They literally couldn't stop Penn State in this game, and you know, and that's pretty interesting to see. You know, 
So. Yeah, and, and they did it even controlling the time of possession, or, I mean, without controlling the time of possession because Wisconsin had the ball for over 36 minutes, and Penn State barely had it over 22. So Penn State was just able to light it up through the air and get some uh, quick scores and everything. But it's interesting to see because everyone was talking about um, uh, Saquon Barkley. Yeah. And he looked after the Michigan game, he kind of caught fire and he was doing pretty well in some of his games and he was definitely helping Penn state out, but he was almost like a non-factor in this game from what looks like statistically. So I don't know if he's miss, uh, missing some, uh, they Penn state only finished with 51 total rushing yards, but Saquon park Barkley really honestly had 83 yards. Uh, there was just some really bad, uh, negative yards by a couple other players on the team. Uh, that kind of took that away from him. So, I mean, not not the worst thing ever. When you look at the team of only having 51 yards, that's a little deceiving. So, but right. it's uh, it was surprising. I honestly, I mean, of course, uh, we did see that um, McSorley's numbers did begin to soar throughout Rat- the year. Yeah, yeah, and they were saying how he was uh, he was coming up as the best quarterback in the Big Ten, which um, I. I imagine anyone saw it coming. So I um I was surprised to see that. But yeah. It, now here's a question too that mm-hmm. I want to ask because you watched the game. Do you feel like this was a success by Franklin or that it just kind of it was the team and every like cause because sometimes there are moments there are games and everything where the coach has this was an accomplishment by the coach and, and his staff, not not just right. to give one person the credit. Um, do you feel like Franklin is leading this or that he is kind of uh, riding the waves and this is not all really his success? No, I think I think it, in a way it was his success because, you know, in the second half, he cha- he adjusted. I mean, he he would be the guy that would say, "Look, we need to adjust and stop the run." They did, and Wisconsin couldn't run the ball, and it actually was it made Wisconsin have to throw it, and it just shows you how much Wisconsin needs help at you know throwing the ball and passing the ball, and you know they don't really have the best receivers, but uh, and they have okay quarterbacks. You know, I mean, I know when we played it. We, we had Hornybrook and, you know, obviously he's a true freshman, but then, you know, Hey, Houston was a senior, you know, and a little bit more solid, but I'm guessing, I'm guessing Wisconsin put Houston in there because he's more seasoned and maybe he, he significantly is the person that would beat Wisconsin the best, but Wisconsin literally just went with the run game. And then the second half, you know, Franklin literally stopped him and I have to give it to him. I mean, he really did a good job at stopping them, and and I think in a way he said we're going to have to start airing this ball out because we can't run on Wisconsin. Nobody could run on Wisconsin this year, so I don't know anybody that could. I think they just said, "Hey, look, I think our receivers are much better in their corners," and he was really right because they have a really good receiver at Penn State. I forget his name, really good, very good receiver, and you know he stepped up. Yeah, and um, you're right with uh, the rushing game and everything. That was kind of interesting to point out that nobody was really able to run on Wisconsin. 
But if I have, I think I have. W- one thing to mention with Wisconsin that's surprising is, and I, I, I mean, the guy, I kind of feel for the guy, uh, the running back, Clement, really looks like he had a good day from what I see statistically, 164 yards, touchdown, longest run of 67 yards. Uh, he was actually the second leading receiver, too. Um, right. Granted, they didn't have a ton of receiving yards, but he had uh, 43 receiving yards. So, uh, I mean, like, he put everything out there, and yet his team wasn't able to uh, finish things off. So kind of interesting to see that. I'm trying to see here uh, rushing yards. Uh, uh, Relatively kind of impressive to see. Uh, Wisconsin on the year had 2,600 yards rushing. And their opponents, they kept to just over 1,200 yards rushing. Yeah. So, I mean, they they were more than doubling their opponents' rushing yards. Um, so they definitely did have that defense that was shutting down people's running game. So, yeah, quite the, uh, quite the game, though. Like I said, yeah, I mean, sure I was, was following things with it. So it kind of came down to it, and uh, Penn State pulled that off. Do you have uh, – I I know I asked you the coaching question, and I mean I'm not as engulfed with uh, definitely Penn State football, um, but just being Big Ten football, I know that I follow it more closely. But I I'm a little skeptical with Franklin. I mean I, I, I yeah I can understand that when he was at Vanderbilt, I kind of liked him. I'm not going to go in the back story, but I kind of followed a little bit of Vanderbilt sports. Uh, I have family down in that area and every or had. And so I watched some of their basketball, watched some of the football. So when he came to Penn State, I thought it was kind of interesting. More things came out, and then some of the things that he says and everything and kind of rubbed me the wrong way, so I was over it. But I don't know. I'm not sure if it's more and, – and a good coach does this. I mean, they get a good staff around him. So I, I don't know. I mean, he is doing a good job, not saying that he doesn't know anything that he's doing. But I'm. it'll be kind of interesting to see how it pans out over the years because – um, he, they are on this kind of instant success this year. I mean, he's built up to a little bit, but we'll see yeah. if it's. Um, I had him out the door, man. Yeah, me too. I I, coach's hot seat in the beginning of the year. I said he's a, he's done. He's he's cooked, and then he goes and pulls off this Big Ten championship conference win. That's huge for Penn State after what they went through, man. After this program has been through such, you know just this tainted sickness that they went through and, and yeah. did a good job this year. And, you know, I think I, obviously his job's solid after this. I mean, no way, there's no way they get rid of him. There's just, I mean, yeah, a lot's going to have to change for yeah. them to get rid of him. Yeah, so like, I'm like you, I'm totally like you where I'm like at a point where I'm like, I'm, I haven't figured him out yet. I'm not exactly sure where I stand with him. He did a good job this year. We'll see. No. Well, the, I mean, he, there were just so some questionable things that were just right. so weird because when they played Michigan and they kicked the field goal, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know some questionable things. So it's interesting they did catch the success. So um, we'll kind of see where it goes because he brought in a new offensive coordinator, I think, wasn't it, or was it a defensive coordinator? Yeah, you're right. And um, well. Well, you're right, and the fact is they implemented that new – they have a new system too, which is pretty crazy, you know, that they went with more of an up-tempo – a system 
that totally changed this year. It just started this year, you know, from last year, and it's pretty it's pretty interesting that they used it, and it it didn't look like they used it too much in this game. Looks like they fell back to the way they used to, but uh, maybe that's what it is. I don't know if the system is going to work. Maybe they need to go back to the way they used to be. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. So I I'm I'm okay with him being at Penn State because I don't think they're going to be that great. But that's just kind of my two cents. Uh, I mean, they did well this year. But then, of course, there was a thing where everybody knows that at least one, at least one, if not the two best teams in the Big Ten were not in the Big Ten title game. So Penn State can feel good about it, but they, everybody knows that they kind of dodged a little bit of a bullet by not yeah. having to play anybody else for that. But anyways, that's, that's a separate conversation that we talked about a little bit. So... Uh, unless you have any closing thoughts on that, I think we'll move on. You good? I'm good. Yeah. Michigan find themselves at number six. Were you surprised that Penn state jumped them? Not really. Uh, since nobody, um, lost in the top four and everything, I knew that they could really do whatever they wanted to. They could have easily put, um, Alabama, Clemson, Washington, then Ohio state. But I honestly think that they want to try to avoid because Alabama played Clemson and uh, they played Clemson last year. And then the year before they played Ohio state. So honestly, I think it was maybe a ploy on their part to put Clemson and Ohio state by themselves so that Alabama could play someone different. Yeah. So uh, they could have done anything that they wanted. And the fact that they put Penn state in front of Michigan, honestly, to me, it doesn't care. They're outside of the top four they probably don't really care what they do and right. It's whatever. But, yeah. uh, well, you're right. And I'll probably, this is probably my last time I'll say this is, um, and this is kind of going off what I put on Twitter. Just, I don't mind us being at six. Okay. And I don't, and it didn't bug me. You know, it was a little bit, Hey, you know what? We whipped up on Penn state and we're sitting at six, but it didn't matter. Um, you know, he, they they're the ones that have to play USC. Good luck. So, and they got you know nothing but talent on that team. But and they're a hot team. By by the way, my thing would be just the very fact is, look, I I don't mind hearing Ohio State's win against Ohio, uh, Oklahoma in the beginning was a good win. It was. It's was a great win at Norman. So when you do that, they're excellent. And the thing is, but don't follow Michigan's win at Penn State, it's always immediately followed by, well, they're better now, and I'm not sure Michigan could beat them. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to hear that. Well, guess what? I could say the same thing about Oklahoma. Well, guess what? Mayfield <laughs> and those two playing each other, they're both Heisman now, and they're now connecting, and now they're both get, could win it. And You're not going to tell me that they're better now? Of course they are. So, it's usually followed by that, and that's what was driving me nuts. Is why do you why do they all already anticipate assume that Penn State's much better, and we we would probably lose to them? And that was just oh, I was hearing that all the time, and that was bugging me. And I went, well, that's not really fair. You can't do that if you're not going to do it with Ohio State. Well, okay, here if if any Penn States are arguing that if they if if they want some help with that. And say, okay, if they played again, it'd be different. I mean, and I admitted it, even when we were going into that game, we were playing a banged-up Penn State. 
but uh, but uh, we'll change it a little bit. I mean, for for their case and everything, go ahead and take two touchdowns. I, I tweeted this out. Take two touchdowns off of Michigan's score, and just just for whatever, uh, I don't give a crap. Give Penn State another touchdown. If you take for the Michigan score, it was forty nine to ten. If you take two touchdowns away from Michigan and I give Penn State another touchdown in the scenario, guess what? Michigan still would have beat him by 18 points. Right. So even if Penn State did better and Michigan did worse, Penn State would have still lost. So, yes, Penn State was maybe playing better at the end of the year, but Michigan was still playing pretty darn good, too. I mean, we we played a heck of a game. The team played a heck of a game against Ohio State. And even though they lost against Iowa, played a pretty decent game. Outside of that one, really, I mean – not too bad there at that end. I mean, it was really kind of just one of those things where I was on fire. Michigan was not playing their A game, but wasn't the worst thing. Um, we talked about that and everything, but I still see that there wouldn't have been a problem with us taking on Penn State. Yep. Oh, so, I know, and you're right, and that's the thing is, but you know, you're. I think this you, this year was just bizarre in general. We've talked about the committee and stuff, but. Uh, I mean, no sour grapes on this, and I'm not. I'm, I, you know, we. I think we deserve where we're at. You know, obviously our offense was, you know, not very good. It was poor down the stretch, like you mentioned in the second half. And I think you've been talking about that quite a bit, and then you're absolutely right. And and also the fact is, I, I'm amazed. What I'm really amazed about uh, Caleb is the very fact is these talking heads on the radio and ESPN just. Do not think there's no way that you would ever go to six teams. There's no way it could work. And yet, looking over what you said, how can it not work? I'm still trying to find a a chink in it, and I can't because I'm going, well, you would just have two buys for the the number one and number two teams, (laughs) and you wouldn't lose anything. And they yeah, you would you would gain two games in the whole, and that's right. that's the only thing that would happen is you would gain two games, right? Yeah, and and the one the thing that I keep going back to that I love the most is the fact that the championship game is a play-in. Now, of course, the way that I have is you would totally change, divi- get rid of divisions and things like that, and put the two best teams in there. I mean, you, you wouldn't have to, so there wouldn't be have to be a ton of change, but I would prefer that because. We saw how the Big Ten got jacked up this year because the two of the best teams in the East didn't even one of them didn't even give them the game. But um, yeah, it totally avoids the chance of having two teams from the same conference be in the championship game, which I hate. I hated it when LSU Alabama did it, and it probably stemmed from the hate that it wasn't allowed for Michigan and Ohio State. But here's LSU and Alabama. Oh, it's okay now. And even if it worked out this year where both Michigan and Ohio State got in, I wouldn't have wanted them in the championship game. I mean, yeah, for me as a fan, I would have been totally fine with that. But really, in all preference, I I don't want to see that in the championship game. Right. So that's that's just me. But one – Ah, man, I had like one final thought kind of with uh, some of the rankings and everything you were talking about. Shoot. But you know what? I think was it uh, the one of the highest ranking games was the OSU Michigan game, even over the SEC game. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The highest ranking. Yeah. By uh, a large margin. 
So. Yeah, it was actually the oh man, how much was it? The, I think there was a top ten or top eight list that was released today that people were talking about viewership and Michigan, Ohio State game was double more than double that of the tenth ranked game. So yeah. it was somewhere around like uh, was it eight million viewers or eight million dollars? I don't know, whatever. So eight million something, uh, probably viewers for. Um, the whatever the tenth ranked one, but then when you go to the Michigan Ohio State game, that was sixteen something. Right. So I mean, great, uh, big difference there. Uh, I I do know what I wanted to say here. I mentioned it last time. I'll mention it again. But something else that um, I feel like needs to be said because it's I don't hear it being mentioned a whole lot. Maybe I missed it, but honestly, Ohio State lucked out not getting into the Big Ten title game because they were going to be going against Wisconsin, which they barely beat in overtime. Not saying that they wouldn't have done it, but they got a bye into the college football playoff because they didn't even have to play a game, and they got in. Alabama played a game. Clemson played a game. Washington played a game. And they all were put – well, except for Alabama. If Alabama lost, unless it was like 66-0 like we've seen in the past, I think the worst they would have done was maybe drop to four but they would have right. still been in the playoffs. So basically Clemson and Washington had to, with their backs against the wall, had to be forced into these games to be able to keep their playoff hopes alive. And all Ohio State had to do was just sit there. <laughs> they didn't have right. to do anything. They were getting in. Yeah. Basically everyone was guaranteeing, the committee was guaranteeing that they were going to get in. Because I there's no one that could have dislodged them from two all the way out of the top four. You think, so it, Penn, let's say uh, Ohio State had another loss, you think they'd still be in? I don't think so. But then that's another thing, too, though, that I'm kind of getting at is if Ohio State was in the Big Ten title game, they had the potential for suffering another loss, which if that had happened, they would have dropped out. I really sincerely think that they would have dropped out. Maybe they would have dropped to four. Maybe. But I would feel like they would have dropped out. And so, really, it's almost like the committee just gave them a free ride um, because they put them at two. If they did not put them at well, they kept them at two because I don't know how long it was or whatever that they kept them there. But they they set it up for that. Yep. And I don't know if they were not looking. Well, of course, it was the Michigan-Ohio State game right before Or that. you could do is do what Washington did is, you know, have a bunch of cream puffs on your, you know, outside your conference, beat them. Beat the heck out of them, and then just play your con- you know conference games and win that like they did. I mean, yeah. if, you, if you looked at their out of conference games, they were putrid. They weren't even like they're like Portland State, and I think somebody I don't know, but it's ridiculous. So I'm like, what do you, what message are you sending out there to to other teams that you actually can get in the top four if you schedule cream puffs? <laughs> I don't know. They- there's no system. There's no organization. They have no set system. Because then also, um, uh, well, this isn't really set with the system, but the committee is just all jacked up, and that's why I think the system needs to be changed because they don't know what they're doing. Um, but then uh, something else to kind of mention, though, too, is uh, another argument, how you were saying people were saying about the Ohio State-Oklahoma, uh, but then you talk about the Michigan-Penn State game. One thing that I want to mention is then the Washington-Colorado game and the Michigan-Colorado game. Because everyone was saying, oh, Michigan was losing while Lufau was in the game, which isn't completely correct because Michigan uh, stopped Colorado 
and stopped them, and they had the lead, and that's when Lufau got taken out. Right, right. Michigan still had the lead when Lufau was in the game. So not saying that's how things would have ended if he was still in the game, but everybody keeps on putting things out there about Michigan was losing, and then Lufau got taken out of the game. Not true. That's not what happened. No, that so is- I don't know where I don't know where they're getting that from. But then also, if you look at the Washington Colorado game, he got banged up pretty quickly in that, and that flipped on him. He went back in the game, totally obvious he wasn't a hundred percent, and he practically you could argue lost that game for them because he was banged up and uh, played poorly. So yeah, he was he was banged up, but you know what? I, I don't think so, they would have won anyways. Yeah, well, no, I mean, I, I don't think so either, but it's just kind of like, and I'm not saying that there was a, a lot of things going well for uh, Colorado or that they were keeping it close or anything, but just the, the argument of, oh, well, Lufau was taken out, so it would have been a completely different game. Well, if you're going to argue that with Michigan, then argue that with Washington. Well, then you can say then, well, then Spate was banged up against the Ohio State game at the end too. <laughs> so. Yeah, or the Iowa game. Right, or so the Iowa game. Was, so those arguments uh, are whatever. They're shade. I, they, I think they completely lose it, though, too, because we've seen it, too, and it's, I'm not putting it all completely on Ohio State for it because Michigan was not run very well during those times. But in the past, Michigan credit. would take it. Well, you're right. And I'm sorry, kid, but, you know, Ohio State, yeah, I got to give them credit because a lot of their big wins were on the road. I mean, they had two big wins, at, you know, in Norman and, and then in, at Wisconsin. So they were they were good wins, regardless if the Wisconsin game was close. Yeah, well, I was going back to the fact that it shouldn't matter. I mean, I know that you're not going to be having your starter quarterback, but you can still win with a backup quarterback because exactly. we, we finished Minnesota like that. But the thing that I go to all the time is we drop quarterbacks in Ohio State like – Ohio State has lost quarterbacks to us several times, and they still were able to beat us. I put that more on coaching, but that's still something that can be done. So people yep. saying that, I don't know, I just find the comparisons ridiculous where it's okay here, but when it applies to Michigan, <laughs> that's something completely different. Right, yeah, yeah, oh, so, yeah. But we're getting a little carried away with that. So so there were the rankings and everything, and I, I don't think we'll really talk about it. We'll save it, but – um, everyone should know at this point that Michigan has been matched up in the Orange Bowl against Florida State. That's going to be December 30th. Um, and it is interesting to see, excited about it. Um, I mean, I'm excited. I'm, I find it a little frustrating that there are, there's anybody who's just disappointed, frustrated, and maybe not going to watch it because Michigan's not in the playoffs because it was going to be a stretch for Michigan to be in the playoffs anyways. But I'm excited to see Michigan play anytime, and so I think it's going to be a good game. And when you give Harbaugh and his staff plenty of time to prepare for one opponent, I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think we're doing a, another show more geared towards the bowl game, right? So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have we'll have our normal yeah. preview and re, uh, recap for that game specifically. So we'll we'll cover that coming up. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean Florida State, good team. A uh, good coach, obviously Jimbo's um, what has won the national championship in the past uh, years. So, or past couple of years with uh, Jameis Winston, and so he knows how to win. But uh, yeah, you're right, and you know, good team, and they got a good defense and good offense. So it'll be a good test for Michigan, and we'll see what 
Harbaugh and staff can do and leading up to it. But, uh, um, yeah, should be a good game. Yeah, it should be, and we'll be excited for that. So we will go ahead and transition here into some uh, closing thoughts then. All right, so uh, ending kind of abrupt here and everything. I know that we're pushing time here a little bit, but uh, want to uh, uh, mention once again, the Blue Network, Everything Michigan Football on Facebook. Go ahead and check out that group. We've got a lot of information going on there. Uh, at any time, I uh, want to always mention that you can call into our voicemail and leave a message. Um, talking about the state of Michigan football or anything else kind of going on in the Big Ten, I guess. Um, that number is 551. Blue Bro is the easy way to remember that. So 551 B L U E B R O if you want to call in and leave a voicemail. Um, but uh, good to kind of get back in the swing of things. It feels like a long time since we're doing that here this year, a little bit later in the week. But like I said, Still doing our thing with at least one episode a week, and uh, we'll kind of keep you guys in the loop on what else might be coming, but we're looking forward to that bowl game. Yep, sure are. So I'm sure they are too. And You know, and I think in a way Michigan's going to probably try to prove that they should be in the top four. <laughs> yeah. So, but, you know, congrats to Jabril Peppers, man. What a great accomplishment. We're a Michigan fan base, and all of Michigan fans are just so happy for him. And I'll just say this I mean, you can argue stats all you want, and all his haters can argue stats all he wants, but the guy balls every game. He is such a. To to if you haven't been to a game to watch him play, the guy always seems to get the defense up and running. He's always jumping around. He's always got a smile on his face, and he's always trying to get the defense pumped up. So he literally is such a good leader for Michigan, and we're just I'm proud to say that he's just one of the best to ever come to Michigan. So and he will be, and we're excited for him and what he'll do in the next level. So. Yeah, for sure. So congratulations out to him again. And uh, just to mention, uh, I forgot to mention it earlier, but here as we're closing out, uh, we did have our caption uh, competition going out through the whole season. I will be compiling all that. We will be having the drawing. We Before we have the drawing, we will make sure that we gather information on exactly what we will be sending as the prize. So that will be coming up. Uh, the drawing will be maybe... Uh, at the bowl game, maybe right after. We'll see. I also do want to compile all the images with the captions so that everybody can kind of see and review that. Heck, maybe we might even do an honorable bleh, honorable mention as I stumble over my words for uh, maybe a, a fan prize or something for one person too as well. So we'll look into that. So be on the lookout for that. But we will go ahead and send you guys off. We hope you guys have a good week uh, and that you were able to enjoy your weekend. And there will be more fo Michigan football coming up. Oh, yeah. So go blue. Go blue.